This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to the Woman and Money Empowerment Show. My name is Yulin Lee, and I am your host. In these episodes, you will hear my heart-to-heart conversations with women from all walks of life, sharing their wisdom and their journey to success. I hope through these stories, you will find inspirations and affirmation that ordinary people like you and me, we can achieve extraordinary results and live an extraordinary life. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hello, hello, Camilla. Thank you so much for joining me on this Women, Money, and Empowerment Show. I am so excited to have you on my show because I am really passionate about this topic that we're going to be talking about, which is slow living and the whole slow movement. But before we dive into uh, our discussion, I would love for you to just uh, give our audience a brief introduction of who is Camilla. Hey, hi, Lynn. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Camilla. Camilla Boudova, I'm Czech of origin and I live in Paris since 11 years now. And in my country, I somehow with process became an icon of slow fashion or sustainable fashion and slow lifestyle. So as I showed you before, there is a book published in Czech. So sorry, so far you would have to speak Czech to enjoy it, but it's your guide to slow lifestyle. So I really did some research and became a a representative of this movement in my country. Uh, A part of it, I'm mostly focused on sustainable fashion and now I'm working in Paris as a slow fashion coach. So I work with women who have a lot of clothes and nothing to wear and we are approaching it very slow. So we go mindset first approach to themselves, the closet, the shopping, what the clothes represent for you, where you want to go with your life and then creating the closet that will help you to achieve your goals, that will always remind you of your aspirations. So briefly. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And you know, I I heard this when we had lunch in Paris uh, last month, and and that's why I am so excited for us to have this conversation today, because for me as a money coach, and also someone who lives in the US, in the Silicon Valley, we're at the forefront of technologies and and all things new in this world and i just find there is so much um not even necessarily conscious pressure but there's this constant pressure just naturally that you feel around you how everything is moving so fast like the technologies are moving so fast and people's lifestyle and you know the rhythm moving so fast and and i'm finding that we as human haven't progressed as fast or as much as a technology, you know, we're not at the same speed. And so for us human beings dealing with this fast technology and fast life pace, we are becoming more like a robot. You know, if you think about how most of us live uh, before we become conscious of what's going on, is that our lives and our just whole way of being is becoming very robotic. And so for me, um, this is, you know, something that I have been thinking about lately in this last year or so is to make a conscious decision to create a slower life. But at the same time, you know, so then, you know, the question is, what is slow? Like, what does slow mean to you? And what does that mean to me and, you know, and everyone else? And so this is where, you know, I would love for us to to dive 
a little bit deeper so that our audiences can, you know, get a feel for what does it mean for you and I to live a slower life? And maybe that's something that also resonate with them and inspire them to, to do the same for them. Um, so let's start by just sharing what does slow mean to you? What is this whole philosophy behind slow for you? I mean, for me, like I said, I just feel like we're becoming robots. And that was kind of the the motivation for me to kind of get into this area. But I would love for you to, to share like what is what is that philosophy behind being slow? Uh, for me, this philosophy is really coming on three different levels, maybe even more. I will try not to lose my thoughts. But there is the one uh, level that is more materialistic, that the turnover of the things and pretty much what you have touched on now, the new phone is coming out and you have to have it and the new trend and the, and the new social media and the new technology, exactly. So like keeping up with this, uh, and then there is this like a deeper thing because what you said now just reminded me of this quick fix, you know, that with the destruction, like why we are living so fast today, which is then taking toll on our health, our relationships and all the things meaningful is that we have hard time to slow down because when you slow down, you feel. And we have so many emotions that are even gathered in our bodies, really in our tissues from the previous generations that were also living pretty fast. You are working, coming home, watching the TV, shopping, cooking, taking care of the others. The moment you slow down, and I know you did the retreat in the silence, you know how all this is suddenly coming up. You have space and you have the silence to uh, welcome the emotions. And most of us, don't have anything that beautiful to feel at the first time like you know like there is a lot of trauma stuff from our childhood and the previous generation trauma and stuff so the quick fix the destruction the, the technologies the scrolling the shopping the eating you know it can be a lot of like you we constantly need to keep ourselves busy so we don't make space for this mm -hmm. so i think one of the reasons why we are living so fast is that this is the like psychological reason for it and then there is the material the ego reason which is measuring up to the others comparing ourselves to the others you always want to like your ego still wants to prove that you are as good as your classmates and then you want to be better than them and then you want to be better than the people in your company and then you move to a bigger and you always want to like climb up the ladder through showing your level of consumption and everything so we are constantly distracting ourselves from our emotions and then shopping and making money to prove that we have the money because this is the way we define success so the other part of it that we all bought in there is one version of success which is linked to your work it's just linked to finances and so like how do we get there fast so we will talk about this as well so slowing down is really about taking time to feel and taking time to enjoy life, taking time to live like fulfilled life and really taking time to define our own version of our own version of success, really defining what makes me happy. I took a lot of time to study happiness, like what makes me actually happy? Because I saw that what the society was telling me didn't make me happy. Uh, it can be linked to what is my style? What would really make me feel confident in my clothes? So who am I and how do I express it with my clothes? And then on the material level, it can be about um, uh, taking time to care about my health. 
learning about how to keep my body healthy, not how to fix it once it's damaged, but how do I die in a great health? Just because at one day I'll be like, well, I think I've seen it all. It's time to go instead of, you know, going down the the life of diseases and, and all that. So it's really for me about slowing down to live fulfilled, meaningful life and one day dying healthy and happy. For me, this is slow. That is so beautiful. And I, I think there's so much in there that way you would what you just said. But the first thing you know said that, that was uh, I think it's really um, thought provoking for a lot of people is that we are living these fast paced life to a certain extent, you know, it's the social conditioning. But to the other on the other side, I think it's our coping mechanism for not having to deal with a lot of emotions and feelings, right? If I'm just too busy to feel, I just go on and on. It seems like it's much easier to to just move fast and not think about it than really processing it. So I I, I think that that's a really, really great insight for how come we are so easily, we have been so easily sucked into this fast paced lifestyle, right? And so for me, you know, slow living doesn't mean you necessarily doing things slowly, I mean, in the in the conventional way. For me, it's really about finding the right speed for yourself. And and that takes a lot of um, introspection, you know, time to to really reflect and and kind of I think you've talked about this before when we chatted is that, you know, like, how do you turn into your own intuition and really go deep inward and say, is does this resonate with me? And if it doesn't, why do I keep still doing it? And so, and in the process of losing, you know, our soul and our, you know, our true beings. So yeah, I, I, I love what you said. And I also love what you said about dying gracefully and young and healthy. I mean, not, not young, but healthy, right? And um, and I think that is, it's um, for me, I, I really resonate with that too, because I have always said that if I die today, I would have no regrets. Uh, because I have been, I, for me, I feel like I have been living very consciously, even though it may look like uh, I'm still living a pretty fast life because I do a lot of things. But there is a part of me, even when I'm doing things at a quote unquote fast pace, inside, there is that sense of stillness. And that sense of stillness come from the inner work that I've been doing, right? And actually knowing what the priorities are and knowing what gives me joy and and all of that good stuff. So um, I would love for you to, and, and I know you're in fashion, you're back, that's what your background is. So what is um, slow living in a context of fashion uh, mean? And I know you, you touched a little bit earlier, but if you can expand on that, because I think that is another big area. Even my, my daughter has really educated me about the fast fashion that she's really, she's like now i'm just totally against fast fashion she only buys things secondhand and so i've been educated uh with my you know from my daughter but i would love for you as someone who's in that profession professionally uh to really speak to that one more time there's so many levels to it but if i would talk about it almost from an academic point of view because i'm being a professor of sustainable and slow and circular fashion since years in paris um it's really about taking time, it's like with food, you really take time to create a beautiful product. And it starts with the material. So first, 
You let the earth, the time to grow that cotton and you will take time to find the natural chemicals to protect it from the pesticide. You know, you will not take that quick fix, cheap pesticide, spray the field and damage the environment. You will like take time to do the things right with the nature. So you have a beautiful fiber. Then you take the time to choose the best fibers out of that fiber. And then, you know, like you really put time in the product and you put the human work into the product because everything is energy. All the objects and products around us, they resonate. It is more important for food because you eat it. And the way the food was grown, it keeps the information inside it. So it vibrates differently if it's a tomato from your garden that you will plant water and you know treasure with love and then you eat it, it will give your body a whole different nutrition than if you buy it in a plastic bag in some supermarket that it was grown in some horrific conditions and sprayed with pesticides. This has another information for your body and all the things around us and the things we put on us it's the same thing they resonate so slow fashion is like can be a product that is really made with respect to the natural processes to the crafts they have time to learn the skill to to, to make the product so this is this like let's say industrial or production aspect of it and then if you are like you and me like i'm, I'm still in the field but i am not in the production anymore if you are a user of fashion, careful, we are not consumers of fashion because we don't eat fashion. Fashion is not consumable, right? It's something that we get, we use it, and then we pass it on. So slow fashion from the user point of view is really taking time to define what what fashion means for you, who you want to be, and how you can express it with fashion. I had one of my colleagues from US and she was telling me, you know, my students are telling me that they express who they are with fashion. And I'm telling them, sweetheart, you're just expressing corporate greed with your outfits. If you just go out and you shopping spree for the new outfits and new photos on Instagram every time, you are not expressing who you are. You are just expressing the mechanism that this system is now using to push us to keep shopping. This is nothing to do with who you are. So. Slow fashion is really taking time to define who you are and how you want how you can express it with clothes. I'm also taking time with my clients to, for example, define what are their emotional needs. You know, like observing your cycle. If you know, like depends if you are on a pill and so on, it will kind of mess up your feminine aspect. But if you have a cycle, every week you're slightly different. You have different emotions and you have different emotional needs. And you would really take time to define, I feel like this, I feel like that. And the clothes that would really support me in these moments look like this. They are from this material, in this volume, in this color. And we would really consciously build a vision of meaningful, 100% functional, efficient wardrobe for my clients. And once you have this vision, then you go and you create it. You know, and uh, often, most of the time, is really about taking out the pieces that you don't need, that are not in line with who you are and who you want to become, rather than going out and shop. So, you know, the slowness in this is that the quick fix is like, I open my closet, there's nothing to wear, like, I'm not inspired by anything. Well, quick fix, let me go scroll, let me go buy something new. 
maybe I'm gonna hire a stylist who's gonna tell me, this is the trend, you are this body shape, this is your color according to your color skin, this is what you're gonna wear. And for a few hours, you will feel like, oh, somebody is telling me I'm beautiful, okay. And this is the quick way to do it. Just like see the trend, go out there, buy. And the slowness starts really with like taking time to define who I am, taking time def to define what I want, taking time, you know, to take the pictures in the magazines, to write down everything, to, to link with who you are, with your needs, and then slowly creating it. It's like the slow shopping then comes in. First you detox what you don't need, and then you will create a wardrobe that's functional at that moment. And then, for example, you will define that in your list and your style and everything you have what you are missing is a pair of pink, powder pink trainers. And this is the one thing that would really enhance your wardrobe. And with my clients, we would even put like a level of emergency on it, you know, like if if there are no other sneakers that you can wear now, okay, we're just going to go and find them. We will check sustainable brands, recycled materials whatsoever. If not, we will just buy them conventional. It's okay, but they need to be there now. But if you have some sneakers that maybe are cream, they are not powder pink, but they are good now, take time to shop slow. Go out, go window shopping, go shopping, but you will be so sure about what you want that nobody can persuade you that you need to buy something because it looks good on you. You will just say like, sorry, you don't know who you are talking to. I know exactly what I'm looking for. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what looks good on me. And I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm not in love with this product. So unless I'm not in love, I feel I feel so happy. You know, imagine you go out of the boutique and you're like, I'm so proud of myself, I didn't buy anything, you know, when today it's like, oh, I have all this shopping that made me so happy, like the money is flying out, you never wear it. Yeah, but yeah. But you're just like, this is so good. One more slow shopping tip is you go to the shop, you see it, you try it on, and if you are not like 100% sure there, and even if you are, just go home. If in two days, if in one week, you are still like, oh, that address, oh my God, that address, go and buy it. But like, give it a time because it's like a man, you know, you meet somebody and you are like, oh, he's cute and everything. But well, you forget about him in two days. If it's love, you'll be still thinking about him two yeah. days later, one week later. If it's love, go and buy anything you, that pleases you. We will really want to be with it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for tips because for people who are not familiar with the slow concept. So if I say, hey, you know, uh, live a slow living, you know, life, and people might think, what does that mean? Does that mean I like, I'm crawling, I'm moving slowly? Um, and so what you just gave the example is that actually the slowness comes naturally when you start to become more intentional and mindful to what you're yeah. doing. And so if you're not doing the quick fix, if you're really taking the time and to say, who am I? How does my fashion you know what message do I want to give the world with my through my fashion and what am I willing to put on my body when you have those thoughts when you start thinking about those things you naturally slow down so you don't have to force yourself to be slow and I think that's that's another thing that you know I walked away with from the silent retreat that I just was uh, at was it's about this concept of non-forcing things to happen is creating that space for things to unfold themselves. And so what you're saying is do the work on figuring out what really matters to you 
what you really want and then naturally you will slow down in the shopping process so it's not about depriving and this is also what i talk to my clients about you know when it comes to money and shopping and this is one big thing in the area that, that i do is that a lot of people do shopping as, as, really as a therapy right kind of um you know like we talked about before where yeah you know it's it's sometimes it's keeping up with the joneses sometimes it's compensating for what we lacked in our childhood right if if we didn't grow up with something and we feel like we were always deprived of and now i have money i'm just going to go blow it just so i can feel better about myself um but those are again quick fixes right it's it's not the and and again it's not to shame those behaviors but it's it's now bringing more awareness to what we're doing and then how can we do less of that through more intentions so thank you so for 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 giving those specific tips. Yeah, you know, I think that what you said is exact. It's either frustration that we had in the childhood that we are compensating for now. I even became very much aware of the fact that I would be compensating for what I am lacking now or where I'm sacrificing something from my life. And you know, like I became entrepreneur age 25, so my lifestyle is really I have a lot of personal freedom, but for during fashion weeks in Paris, when I was younger, I was 26, I got a job with a beautiful Japanese brand and I had to wake up early, which I would always wake up early, but I would wake up early, go for a jog, read a book, you know, I was doing this like 5 a.m. club thing and, and it was for me. But when I had to wake up at six and dress up and go out to the call and wait for a tramway to go to the center of Paris and I was sacrificing my comfort and my morning for somebody else. That moment, I was like, where's my Starbucks? Like, I want to reward myself for giving up my personal space, my, you know, like my time for myself. I'm, I'm selling it to another company. So then I want my reward for it. And I would be much more... Uh, I would be spending much more money to reward myself and I believe this is what women do as well like I got a raise I go shopping I got uh, I I got my salary I go shopping because I am giving up my life to this job that I maybe don't like that much and so the shopping is my reward and it's still this quick fix the truth would be okay let's sit down and really ask myself the hard question like am I in the right place yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's really good because it's it's both like on a psychological level, how we are so quick to compensate for us, and then also how we are framing it, right? How you know that I am doing this work that I don't really care about, and so therefore I feel like I'm sacrificing, and therefore I need to go do something else to compensate for my sacrifice. Versus, why don't we start with doing something that that we truly are aligned with? then even if you do the hard work, it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing, right? Because, because you are in your magnificence. You are like, and I am really the living example of this. I had like the two weeks a year that I was selling my time and still I love the job. But, you know, I got to the point where I was really thinking, well, everything I do, I would do it for free. Teaching, running my business, writing the books, running my other business, now my business in Paris. And um, I would really do it for free. And then once I was teaching and I, I was in such a flow and I was in so much joy that I was like, I would pay somebody to have this experience 
to do this work and I'm sending invoice for it. So like, I don't have this urge to compensate for something. We, we talked about this. I have other issues, right? That I'm still consciously now observing, but uh, uh, really if you, if you get in your life to your true essence, through this work on yourself and really hard choices. Like for, in my case, this was some very courageous choices to quit corporate career, start my business. Uh, it's not easy, but it's so rewarding that I don't have to reward myself with any quick fix. I'm in the depth of me. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 beautiful. Okay, so let's maybe just give a, another few more examples. You know, if we want to, uh, hopefully, we'll have more people. You know, moving towards this slow movement uh, and incorporate that in their lives. Um, so. How does, you know, what would a slow life look like in your career choices? And maybe how does it look like in your love life? Like, you know? Just start with a love life? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about sex. I think that's, that could be really sex. juicy. Yeah. Okay. I shared with you the two books. Like, I was, the, the slow book was ordered to me from one big Czech publisher. It was my third book. And um, I did some research on the topic even before. And, um, like it's really like my life philosophy we are always teaching what we need to learn ourselves so i recently discovered that i might have adhd and i'm hyperactive and i'm hypersensitive and very recently somebody told me so you're hypersexual because it just comes with the package i i i and i probably am but it's the sexuality is not sex it's not the same thing for me it's just this very intense uh, living of the sexual energy, this creative energy that's really making you feel alive. So you live this fulfilled life if you know how to feel it, how to work with it. And with listening to different podcasts and so on, I came across this book, which is really mm -hmm. coming perfectly to our podcast, uh, uh, Diana Richardson, Slow Sex. And in this book is written in the beginning that it was based on the book, The Slow Down Diet. So as I was writing my own slow book, I bought this book as well and I did the research on the subject. And the if I'm talking about the sexuality, it's really about forgetting everything we were taught. One more time, the society is selling you through certain images and certain industry how it should look. And the way we are living sexuality today is fast. One more time, it's pretty fast, you know? And you have the objective to come, you know? And so with, you are not mindful in the moment. It's You are always like thinking about the next move that will get you to the edge and it will come, right? And the slow sex is one more time about leaning back, being with your partner or even alone and just feel your body first. It's about breathing, for example. Often when people are very excited, you breathe very shallow or you stop breathing at all. Like, guys, observe yourself next time how you're breathing during <laughs> sex. <laughs> So it is about like slowing down to the point when you are always fully breathing. So this energy is really flowing in your body, feeling your body, like all the different sensations. And instead of needing always harder stimulus to, to, to get to the edge of an orgasm in a slow, slow sex, it means cultivating your sensuality. So then you can have your body, every cell of it becomes much more sensitive. So any touch of 
yourself or your partner becomes like a wave of pleasure that can go through all your body. I don't have to explain you any more benefits of slowing down in bed because all the experience is becoming so much deeper and fulfilling. It's also taking much more time to connect to your own body and to your partner on all the different levels. So it is, you cannot almost have a, you cannot have like slow sex one stand. You will, one night stand, you will like, you will take time to connect on the mental, spiritual, emotional, energetic, and then the physical level. So like, it's really like full body experience and you can even like them have orgasms from different areas of your body like somebody can caress you on your jaw and you can have an orgasm and you can even get to the point when you are so connected with the sexual energy that you can have an energetic orgasm so you are not touching yourself nobody's touching you and you are just like you're basically constantly living 24 7 you are living in this state of ecstasy and it is really possible if you slow down which is a total opposite of like you know like getting to like quickly getting to like the excitement and building and then you come and then you go to the zero and you are flat for like you are just like you know like flat sexually and then the excitement comes you build up build up and you always need more stimuli the way we are living sexuality is the same you need always more which is even physically unsustainable so no more quickies right <laughs> You know, then you can have a quickie with your partner because you are so in tune with each other that actually like this is, you know, like everything becomes sex. You know, like you can be, you just live like in, like it's much, it's much linked to Tantra as well. And I'm just giving like a version of it. Like this book is so much deeper and has so many aspects of it. But imagine that you like on zero, you are not excited at all. And on 10, you are coming, right? So normally you are functioning you are maybe on zero one two you know like you're just going for the day you see a hot guy you get to free maybe you know but zero and you're working and all that when you slow down you manage to live on a like five six seven of your level of excitement or ecstasy like all the time you're like constantly vibrating this this energy you know that is so yummy and really making you feel so alive you are so in love all the time right. that then when you meet your partner at home you're already so high that at certain moments you can have a quickie but still yeah i think majority of the time is you're like building up to the the orgasm or the ecstasy like over hours or sometimes even days you know and you are consciously building up to the event yeah, well, you know, so thank you. Thank you for, for sharing all that because I think what, what I'm hearing is making that distinction between being sensual and sex. And I think those are two, two sex is a very mechanical, right? But this is what I'm, yeah, absolutely. This is the first thing I would tell you. For me, being hypersexual doesn't mean I need a lot of sex. Being hypersexual means I'm very aware of my creative sexual energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I know how to enjoy it. I know how to work with it. I know how to even like, a, you know, use it to be more loving in my relationship with people around me. It's not something that stays in bed. This is where it manifests in a physical act. But sexuality is like much more than um, than this exactly like sexuality is not sex. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that's a really great way to maybe wrap up this part of our conversation is is to you you want to make it sustainable beyond bed right yeah yeah 
Yeah, and it's you know it's so funny because at school because I was in fashion school, normal fashion MBA, and I was always talking about sustainability during my studies, and they were calling me Miss Sustainable. And when I got this book with this, <laughs> the path to fulfilling and sustainable sexuality, I was like, seriously, like I'm taking sustainability to my bedroom. But um, it's so meaningful. It's so beautiful. It's so deep. It's really, it's really what we were talking about in the beginning. You know, it's like you really like, slow down to really feel every connection with your partner and every cell of your body. And it takes time and it takes a lot of unlearning of the patterns that we are running today so yeah you need to yeah yeah so it is about so I, i would say if i had to describe what this slow living means in so many different aspects it's really about like you said breaking up the old patterns um and you know explore a little bit deeper inside and then so now let's i, I know after all this juicy sex talk i don't know if i want to talk about career anymore <laughs> but but for the benefit to our conversation so what is a slow living look like in your you know in building up a career so because that's another that is another area that's relevant for a lot of women and and sometimes it may be challenging for them as well so what would that look like yeah for me this is where i've This is where it actually manifested a lot as well. I I had a very short corporate career. I was a designer originally. I worked in, I'm Czech. I worked in Germany, then I moved to London. I was working for a supplier of big uh, fashion brands that you all know. So I saw fashion from the backstage. And then I moved to Paris. And one more time I was working in production and product development for a big, big company. And this is where I realized it's so dirty. I cannot be part of it anymore. And I think this was the moment when I didn't know about it at the time, but it was the first glimpse of I will have to sit down and define my own version of of success, of fashion business. Like, how do I want the fashion industry to look like? Because I, this was the only thing I knew, right? It was like I was working in all the different parts of supply chain in three different countries, studied my MBA in Paris and China. Now, I was a designer, then I started business, like everything I knew and a lot I knew was fashion. And and I realized I cannot work in it the way it is today. And it really like, started a chain and months and maybe years of my life when I was like, okay, so how does it look like? How would a fashion industry look like that I would like to work in it? And why am I here? And I shared with you, I had this quarter life crisis. I, I was 25. I finished my MBA, I had a very difficult situation in my personal life and I moved back from Paris to Czech Republic and stayed with my mom for a while. And I was looking at the ceiling and I was writing on a whiteboard, who am I? I have like no clue. And I got to meet different people and I got opportunities to teach and to be speaker at conferences. But like none of this was really fulfilling me and at the time i started going to therapy but not a normal therapy i'm always working with people who are somehow linked you know like kind of like shamanic work or like energetic work and i went to see this woman once or twice for a regressive therapy so this is where i started like slowing down looking at my childhood very very difficult like a lot of trauma in my childhood and then once I really felt like I want to go to see her and I had no reason you know I, I I came and I was crying and I was like I don't know why I'm here but I just knew I felt I have to go to see you it made no sense right and she was so happy she was telling me it's going to be the best session <laughs> this is always the best session and you don't know 
And it was that time, I was 26, one year after I finished my MBA, that in this therapy, I discovered the subconscious. It means I didn't know about it. But subconsciously, my purpose of living was to get an approval of my father that I never got. And subconsciously for me, it was like, I will have the good grades at school. This is how my daddy will be proud of me, right? It was a childhood pattern. So when you are 25 or 26, you finish all your studies and in your subconsciousness, you are running the pattern of like, the only reason why you are here is so your daddy taps you on the shoulder and tells you, I'm proud of you. And it's going to be through your school grades. There is no more school to study. And, and I was not aware of it, but you know, taking this time, slowing down, finding somebody to help me with that. And I uncovered it and I uncovered this like computer game I was playing where I, there was no more levels, <laughs> there was no more purpose. It was all like making no sense. And this is where I unblocked it. And I started creating my own life. And during the session, I realized that the thing I really care about is nature. The only thing that really makes sense to me is all this beautiful system that was created that is like so beautiful and magic and mysterious like explain life to me explain life to me it's it's so magical and mysterious that i want to i love it so much i want to protect it and enhance it in my life and at that time i really was thinking i will leave fashion i will study ecology or something but i was like that makes no sense i will protect and enhance and love life through fashion and this you know, like it was nine months process of me trying different things, not feeling fulfilled by it, really like nothing was right. And at one point I, I had this session and it's not easy to face it. You know, I understand people don't want to face their feelings. They don't want to go to therapy. It's really horrible. I agree with you. It's like feeling all this. You feel so stupid. You feel like I'm 26 and, I, and I'm living for my daddy's approval. That's so stupid. But unless you go and face it, you can never change it, right? So for me, the slow, like the slowness in my career was through this. A lot of like questioning myself, laying on the back, watching the ceiling, listening to podcasts, meditating, going, discovering all these patterns running me. And this is what I'm also doing with around finances now. And the other slowness in my career was my daughter, for sure. You know, like I live in, in my country, by the way, maternity leave is three years. So I had a really good base because in my country, we really take our offspring as this is the future of the society. And you really want to invest your everything in it, your love, your care. I want my child to be my child, not a nanny's child. Like she will model the adult person and it's going to be me. So I really managed with my resourcefulness, you know, I, I I'm, and I got some mentors around me who told me, even if my daughter was two, my mentor told me, how old is your daughter? Two? Go home. Don't open another business. Don't kill yourself to publish another magazine in Czech Republic. Don't. And I was really like, I hired people. I delegated everything. I found amazing people to work with me and for me. And I was like, we're going to keep the turnover as it is. My priority is my own sanity, my own energy. So I am readily available for my child when she needs me. And, uh, you know, I put my life on hold professionally pretty much for three years. Still, by the way, I published three books in these three years. You know, like the, the things will come to, but this is what I'm what's saying also in this book. You can be famous when you are 50, 60. You can get rich by that age. You can, but you cannot 
you cannot educate or take care of your toddler when you are 50 or 60. That's uh, very rare. It's possible today, but well, you know, I, I had the child in my age, I was 28. And that was really conscious decision for me. I'm not going to develop my business now. I'm going to put everything on hold for two years. And this is the most important project now. Now she's growing and now I'm balancing between like, my career is very important. I, I love what I'm doing. My mission is so important. So I'm balancing it. I'm seeing where she can be part of it, but I would still be at 4.30 in front of the school. I will not let her at the, with the nanny when she's with me because we have a shared custody now. You know, like it's, um, this is another slow part of the, of the career. We want some, and there is this pressure of like, you have to be everything to everybody all the time. No, choose yeah. your priority. Yeah. yeah, so what I'm hearing is that in your own journey, uh, there was a process of discovering, right? Like not knowing, because I, I think this is probably a lot of young people can share today because I find that in, in my generation when we graduated, you know, we were also kind of like a robot in a sense that we graduated, we follow the formula. So we go find a job in the industry that we study in. And then we get a job, we get a, you know, we get stability. We definitely had that financial stability, but also just unknowingly, we were still following this formula of, you know, you do these things kind of like a robots, right? And, but I think things are changing in this world now and it's not as clear. And I think for the younger generation, the kids of what in their twenties now, I see a lot of them, including my own kids is, you know, they've done a lot of studying but they may not still know what to do with their life. And and what you're sharing is, and that it is okay to give yourself that space to explore. And, but I think what, what the key here is, what I'm getting out of your sharing is, it's not just about bumming around because I don't know what I'm doing or what I, I want, but it's more about being intentional in the space of, I don't know what I want to do and then keep exploring and keep checking in as a part of the exploration, keep checking in what really matters and how do I want to show up in the world and what do I want to do with my life and through that process to forge a path for yourself. So that, that that's really, really beautiful. And then also yeah. the second point that I, I think I heard is, you know, prioritizing um, your career as one part of your life. And, and but your life is composed of many components. And certainly when you decide to have a kid, that is a big part of your life. And, and so it's balancing, making those conscious decisions. Again, it's, it's going back to the consciousness and mindfulness of making those decisions, recognizing if I don't pay attention to my kids, I will lose this window. They will grow up. Oh, die miserable, by the way. You know, like for, <laughs> this would be the one thing if I'm dying that I'll be like, I didn't give time to my daughter that I promised myself I would, or that I should have given her, or that I wanted to give to her. And I was so stupid chasing uh, fame or money. Like I could have chased it like five, 10 years later, you know, And but the pressure is horrible. I, I used to have a lot of pressure even from her father, you know, like how come you are not in corporation after three months of after giving birth? How come I just get a job and make the money? And like, no, we are staying in a small flat and uh, I, I'm, I'm still making money. I'm still running my business. I'm still teaching, but I'm still at home 24 seven because I created my life around this project now. And this is my daughter. And I I will, like I was really three years almost at home, you know? So it's, 
yeah, def defining what's important for you and believing that you can create the life you want. I think this is what you said, you know, there's the society is giving you the frame and you somehow believe I have to follow this. There is no other option. And I was so lucky by living between the two cultures and even living in London and Germany in between China that I saw like in Czech Republic is three years. Why not in France? And I'm an entrepreneur. So, well, really, I had this intention, the objective that I will be stay home mom making money. I will be with my child all the time and I'll be making money and I made it happen. And it was just enough to cover the little rent that I was paying half of it with, uh, uh, with the father of my child, you know, and uh, but it was just it was perfect. My company kept running. Everybody was happy. I published the three books. I don't even know how I wrote them. You know, it's somewhere between the and I was breastfeeding my child, shocking information for almost three years. You know, mm -hmm. this kid is never sick, <laughs> you know, she's so emotionally stable. It's the real investment that you put in that is, is a lifetime of, uh, of return on this investment. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's, that's really, really beautiful. And I think, I, I hope the audiences are, you know, who are listening to this uh, takeaway from all, all this is that, is to really go inward and ask yourself, are we prioritizing and, and not like, do the slow living for the sake of doing the slow living, but really understanding the benefit of it, right? It's um, it is that it, from in our discussion and also just my own kind of researching and, and living it too, is that, I mean, the benefit, you know, the return on this investment that you're doing it right now is going to be so much, it's priceless. You can't put a price tag on, you know, on on your, your, your child's happiness and how they grow up um, having that stability in their childhood. I mean, that is huge. You can't not put a price tag on that yeah. because we've seen so many people as adult dealing with issues from their childhood, right? And uh, yeah. so, yeah, so thank you so much for, for sharing that. So I know we can go on and on and on and, and talk um, just because, you know, this is such a good conversation. And, uh, but I, I wanted to kind of wrap it up in, you know, the one last point, which is, you know, the money piece, because I'm a money coach. And so, you know, I really want to kind of also touch on what does it look like to live a slow living life in the context of money. And so for me, in my definition, it's really about uh, saying no to the get rich quick mentality, which we often hear, we often, you know, whether it's consciously or not, it's constantly in the marketing. Let me show you how to make your next million dollars in the 30 days, right? I mean, it's this, all this get rich quick. And I think, I think get rich quick itself, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. What the problem is people don't understand everything has a price tag. And so when you get rich quick in that sense, what are you sacrificing? What are you giving up? What are the prices you're paying? to get to that point. And oftentimes it's your health, it's your relationships, it's your family that you've been you know, ignoring because I am so focused on making my next million dollars in the next 30 days that I'm giving up everything else, right? So um, it, it's really, to me, it's really about being conscientious of how we are building our wealth. And I, I love the word sustainable as well. It's like, you know, that's my kind of part of my tagline now is how do you create sustainable wealth? So it's not about get rich quick because at the end of the day, 
when you don't have a good system and when you don't good, have a good a way of living to maintain and grow that million dollars that you just made, you know what? It'll just fiddle out in the next 30 days too, right? So then it becomes this revolving door. Sure, I can make quick bucks come on in. And then you know what? The next thing, poo, like they're out too, right? So then you just still staying this vicious cycle. So for me, it's all about building sustainable wealth, being grounded, being centered. And you know, I, I, I much love this analogy of the slow drip than this big rush of fire, you know, hose of, of water. So anyway, yeah. so I'm going to let you share, like, what does that look for you, like, look like for you? Yeah, for me, and uh, we spoke last month in Paris, it's really a topic that I am on now. I was, I really feel from today's perspective how I was taking the different areas of my life and I was digging always down into the patterns and my subconsciousness around this topic. It was, of course, relationships because, well, we have a shared custody today, so relationships were a big part. And even myself, the like self-respect and how to become a woman, like growing up, really. So I was really building the, the real base, you know, dealing with all this and building this base that would be more like really emotional and mental, psychological. Uh, And as I shared with you, for me, my career was always about expressing love for nature. And now today, really, money is the number one thing on the list. So I'm doing now all this slow work around finances and I would be listening to books and, uh, and uh, really sitting down and writing down all the different uh, thoughts that I can catch ar around finances. So for me, it's really decluttering unlearning and getting conscious of what am I thinking around finances, rich people and building it from that. And last week, for example, I was listening to one podcast by some young lady about how to look after your finances in your 30s. So I'm listening to it and like 35, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I should be there already five years ago and stuff. And like, mm. and I'm not an employee, so I'm, I'm not going to be like pushing for rise and like, I'm not doing this. And then she said, no, I'm getting in my 30s now. I have six streams of income and I'm getting to my 30s now. So this is why I'm also doing this video. And I'm like, no, like she's so much ahead of me and she's younger than me. And this is where I realized she set a clear intention being younger that she wants to be financially stable and free. And I started asking myself, so what is the intention that I set? Of course not this one, because I financially, I know I don't have the healthy habits. I don't have a mindset that would be able to attract, make, uh, welcome money, and then look after them, manage them and grow them. I, I'm getting there. This is now my clear goal. <laughs> For me, so, it is... Yeah, so, so what I'm hearing is, is, you know, how you're applying slow, this slow living in the area of finance and 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 the way you're going about doing it is understanding that number one you have to set intention that it has to be a priority for you otherwise it's just not gonna happen and so you can you know for a lot of people like you can wish all you want i want more money i want this i want that until you're willing to put your mind to it your action comes behind that right so first is setting the intention Once you have the intention, you'll put your mind to it and then the action follows. And, and so so that that's really beautiful in that 
Um, again, it's not like, you know, slow living, going, you know, living in some remote places that's totally out of this world. It's really incorporating the slow philosophy into our daily lives. And, and part of it, you know, what I'm also hearing is as you go through different stages in life, you have different priorities. So in the past, you've prioritized your career, your relationship and, and in other things. And now you've now come to a place where you're putting your intention on your finances. And that is totally, totally beautiful because again, I love it too. You know, I'm yeah. so happy, really, like doing all this work and, and uh, you know, checking my intention and there was something outside. You know, for me, what was really important uh, is this like the idea, for example, when I was pregnant and I was becoming mother, I realized that my idea of being a mother is nothing very beautiful. You know, mother is sacrificing herself. She doesn't have time for herself. She doesn't wash her hair. She takes, she puts on the weight. And I'm like, I don't want to be mother. Like it was like a swear word. Like, don't call me names. Don't call me mother. You know, it was like, I realized the idea of the image of a mother I had in my head was just horrific. So mm -hmm. I took time to put like a vision board, the mother I want to be, like the mother that, the, the, the image of mother I want to create for me and for my daughter. But I went back to it now, so this was like seven years ago, or six years ago when I did this vision board. And I was like, ah, oh, I didn't put it, she was rich. You know, I didn't put it there that the woman, mother and a single mother is living like abundant lifestyle. Beautiful, meaningfully luxurious, meaningfully rich lifestyle. I didn't put it there. So now I'm sitting down again and I'm like, okay, a rich mother, how does it look like? Because it's right. You know, I realized in my subconsciousness that the fact that I identify myself as a mother is blocking me from allowing to grow my finances because the association in my subconsciousness is you are mother and guys, I'm from post-communist country. Yeah. I lived things in my childhood. So, you know, like all these ideas that we have are influencing our actions. So you, not, I, I know that I have to really go back deep define what it is so i can change it and define my own version and this intention and you know this this the image and the association and the aspiration or where i want to go it's taking a lot of time really with this but i know i'm, I'm setting this foundation you were talking about the moment the money is going to start coming it's also really about the very practical things like how do you manage your money what is this account about this account about like manage every every 10 euros that i receive i know now or i'm putting in place the system i'm really not used to doing it it's new for me but it's really taking time to set in the good habits so once it comes in bigger amounts i am ready for it I, yeah. the base is there i'm ready yeah, for it absolutely purposes, mindset and energy it's all good yeah great oh that's beautiful you know and this is exactly you know the analogy that i give to a lot of people which is every one of us has a ball in our life and the size of the ball is your capacity to handle the amount of money that come to you so if you want more money in your life you need to expand the size of your ball because if your bowl is so small, even if you win the lottery, it floods, it rains down, and you know what? It just spills over, right? And this is why majority of the people win the who win the lotto, they lose it all within three to five years. And um, because they cannot, they don't have the capacity to be the good steward for the money that come into their life.
So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll end that uh, on, on this note. Thank you again for joining me on this conversation. And uh, I look forward to you getting your book translated into English so that our audiences can also have um, have the, um, you know, the, the privilege of uh, reading your slow book. Um, but otherwise, let's keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. Thank you for tuning in to the Women and Money Empowerment Show. If you ever have doubt for a moment about yourself, your capability, or your worthiness, please remember to keep coming back to these stories. And lean in. Draw the wisdom and strength from these incredible women and know that you also have what it takes to live a fulfilling life. Until next time, have a fabulous day. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.